You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. All right. Good morning again, everybody. My name is Neil Bernardino, and I'm the pastor of this church. We are on our third installment of our series, Beyond the Signs. Basically, we're looking at uh, the different miracles of Jesus in the book of John and how these are called signs, basically signs and wonders, and how these signs point to something greater. These signs point to a greater reality of who God is and who Christ is. And we want to see beyond the signs so that we can get what God is really speaking to us. And today, I'm very glad to introduce to you our speaker today, Pastor Edgar Gore. Morning. Thank you. It's really a privilege for me to speak to you. Now, going back to our series, Beyond the Signs, third installment, talking about signs. You know, signs are actually pointing to something, pointing to a direction or, you know, something that we're supposed to go to. And way back home, you know, I have uh, Pastor Michael Paderes, our missions director back home. We went to the same college and high school together, and we have a Viber group, our high school, which collects a lot of funny signs in the, the Philippines. The Filipinos have a lot of signs that um, sometimes can be very confusing, or sometimes for us it's very funny. So let me show you some of these signs, these Filipino signs, okay? So the first sign, do not enter entrance only, okay? <laughs> so I don't know which one you would want to. <laughs> Is it an entrance or exit? What else? Garbage only. No trash. So I don't know what you're supposed to put in there, right? <laughs> okay, next. It's a little similar. Come in. We're closed. And then the other one. Okay, this is a Filipino joke. Wanted boy waitress. Or sometimes wanted sales lady boy. Okay? But they want to say they want a salesman, but a lack of communication in English, English language. Okay. And finally... This is my all-time favorite. This for Filipinos. Look at that. December 31, 1 a.m., New Year. They want a video contest. Now, look at the first prize. Secret. Second prize, secret. Third prize, secret. And consolation prize, secret. So I don't know what you'll get at the end, but if you want a video contest, go there. New Year's Eve, 1 a.m. I don't know how many contestants they got. But, you know, talk about signs. As I've said, signs point you to your destination, supposedly, where you're supposed to go. You know, we traveled a lot. We drove to L.A. and back. We went yesterday to Soda Springs. We need a lot of signs to point us in the right directions. But if you get signs, like what I showed you, it can be very confusing, get very misleading, right? You don't know where to go, or maybe you'd end up in a dead end, right? A place where you're not supposed to be, a wrong destination, or you'll end up confused. And so in all our lives, we probably followed signs, not signs to go somewhere, but probably in personally we followed signs so that we can get rich. We followed this, okay, if you do this, if you follow these steps, you'll get rich. But sometimes it led you to, instead of rich, you get swindled or you got bankrupt or something like that. Or maybe this is the road, destination. These are the signs for success. 
but instead it ended in misery. Or maybe in relationships, right? I need a sign if he's the one or she's the one, right? And you end up being heartbroken. Now, our story for the day begins with a person, actually an invalid, a man following the wrong signs. He was following the wrong signs. He thought he would end up getting healed from his physical condition, but because he was following the wrong signs, he ended up in that condition for a very, very long time. And so I want to read our passage for this morning found in John chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. So it says there, sometime later in verse 1, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool which is in Aramaic called Bethesda or Bethsaida in other translation, and which is surrounded by five columnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been there in, in that condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool where the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Let's pause and pray. Father, bless the preaching of your word. I pray for your anointing. I pray for your wisdom and grace. As I speak your word, let it not remain empty, Lord God, or void, but let it accomplish the purpose for which you send it today. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the fifth chapter of John is a very important chapter. It's a major division, actually. One of the major divisions in the Gospel of John. Because prior to this, the first four chapters, Jesus was actually introducing himself as the Messiah to the Jewish audience, to the Jewish people. And he was gaining popularity because he performed a couple of miracles. He was teaching but starting in chapter 5 of John, there was a growing animosity, a rejection. There was growing hostility against him. You know, starting from this miracle with the invalid, and then in chapter 9, okay, actually it revolved around three miracles. The growth of an animosity against Jesus Christ revolved around three amazing miracles. The first one is this one. The second is in chapter 9 when he healed the man born blind, and then in chapter 11, when Lazarus was healed, talking about him being rejected. Now, we're going to look at, at other signs pointing to something else, pointing especially about the divinity and who Jesus Christ was in the next weeks. But because of this, this miracle actually caused the start of a growing hostility against Jesus Christ. Now, our protagonist, this invalid, he was in a very desperate situation physically so he could not walk he was paralyzed and again when you are in a desperate times right when you are in your desperate moments when there are challenges situations that are beyond you and you don't know what to do you don't know who to turn to seems like it's desperate right but when it's prolonged for a long time 
the desperate situation becomes a hopeless situation. So you think, right? That's what we think. When a desperate situation is prolonged or you know, it does not change over a long period of time, you suddenly say, okay, maybe this will be my lot. Maybe this becomes a hopeless situation. Now think about it. This person was in that condition for 38 years. You know, I used to read this verse and think that that person was in the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. But the Bible does not say that. It only says, say rather, that he was in that condition. We don't know how long he was in the pool in that area, but he was in that condition for a very, very long time. He was very sick for a long time. Now again, all of us go through desperate times. Maybe some of us, maybe it's for, maybe it's financial situation. Some of us, it's maybe relational situation. Maybe, you know, you're in a situation where, you know, relationally, you need God to intervene. You need Jesus to intervene. You know, maybe some of you, it's for your health status. What was the thing that kept this invalid from being healed? He wanted to be healed, but for 38 years, he was still in that condition. You know, sometimes we think that just being in a desperate situation, Jesus would step in. We would get our healing. But a lot of people are in a desperate situation all around the world. Just like in this story, the Bible says there were a lot of invalids, a lot of blind, lame, and paralyzed in that place. But there was only one man that got healed. It was only this man among the many in that pool that got healed. Just like today, there are many desperate people or many people who think they're in a hopeless situation. And they think, okay, just because they're hopeless or desperate, it's automatic. Okay, maybe I'll get my miracle. It was only this invalid, this particular guy who got the miracle. What made the difference between this man and not for the rest? You know what's the difference? Because Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up and showed mercy. Showed mercy to the man. You know the word Bethesda, the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda actually means house of mercy. House of mercy or house of newness. Jenny and I went to Israel a couple of years ago. We went to Jerusalem and we went to, through the sheep gate and we found this pool. In the archaeological excavation, they said that most probably this is the pool of Bethesda. The pool of Bethesda where this supposedly this miracle transpired. But the point is, what made the difference for this man was Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up and showed him grace and mercy. You know, Jesus wants us to go beyond our desperate or hopeless situation. Jesus wants to go beyond what you're going through right now. And he wants to reveal his mercy and grace in your life. He wants us to experience newness for us in our situation and not get stuck for a long time, just like this guy. That is why we need, just like this man, Jesus to show up in our lives, in our situation. We need Jesus to show up. Because when Jesus showed up to this invalid, Jesus went beyond three things that was hindering this man from getting his miracle. And I believe as we learn from this man 
how Jesus went beyond the three things that hindered this man from being healed and getting his miracle, we can learn something for us as well. So what are these three things that Jesus went beyond? Beyond. So that we can get a miracle, just like this guy got this miracle. First, Jesus went beyond superstition. Or some misguided beliefs about the circumstances that we are in right now. Look at this in verse 6. It says, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Wow. It's a strange question to ask someone who has been sick for a long time. Do you want to get well? It's like, you know, maybe... Was Jesus just being sarcastic or insensitive? I was the guy, if I was the invalid, and Jesus would ask me, do you want to get well? I would say, no, no, I'm just here for a, for a jacuzzi spa. What, what do you think? Why am I here? I want to get healed, <laughs> right? What was the question for? What was that question for? Jesus was actually trying to engage the guy to get him to think about his condition and why he was there. Because he was holding on to a superstitious belief. The belief system that he was holding on to was actually causing or hindering him from experiencing the miracle. Now, do you want me to prove that? If you have your Bibles, you would notice that verse 4 is actually missing. It skips from verse 3 to verse 5. Okay, verse 4 is actually missing, and if you look at the footnotes, other versions are there, but some of the scribes included this story in verse 4, and I think it's there as well. Okay, and let me read it. This is verse 4 in the footnote, or part of verse 3 and verse 4. Waiting for the moving of the waters, for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in, was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. So, they believe in this story that from time to time, the pool will be stirred up by an angel. It would rise rapidly and would fall down. And when it was rising up, whoever would go to the pool first, would get healed. Can you imagine the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed were all there and they were all waiting for the pool to be steered. And once the pool was steered, it was Paralympics time. Okay, can you imagine? All right, first, <laughs> the blind, okay. Whoever gets to the pool first will get healed. That's their belief. Can you imagine what if the angel suddenly decided to go surfing? and activated the uh, nine waves, the wave pool. Okay, I want to go surfing in this pool, and then, oops, false alarm. You're not going to heal today. I'm just going to go surfing. Or what if the angel suddenly want to make a giant coffee? Okay, I'm going to stir this water, make it hot. It's just hot. I'm going to pour in some coffee. False alarm again. You won't get healed today. I'm just making coffee. Can you imagine they believe that when the angel stirs up the pool, the first one to go in would get well. Now, you would think that in our day and age, nobody would believe in superstitious beliefs. Right? But, do you know that athletes 
are some of the most superstitious people you would ever find. Just finished the Super Bowl, right? Some of the Super Bowl guys or some of the guys in uh, Major League Baseball, when they hit a home run or when they win a game or in the playoffs, they are so superstitious, they don't change their underwear. They'll use that the entire playoff season, the one that won them the game. I mean, you have all kinds of superstitious beliefs even today. Back in the Philippines, we have this uh, magic lucky cat. I don't know if you have them here, but uh, you know you, the cat that goes says hi. If you have that, it'll get you good luck and good money. Or maybe some of you who are single, you're looking for that sign that maybe when that girl does this, she's probably going to like you. And, or she winks at you. Or when he winks at you, then maybe it's a sign that you're it. You know, the funny thing is when uh, we went to Russia for a mission trip, all the people there wink a lot. They wink a lot. And so <laughs> when we were checking in in the hotel, one of our good friend, Norman, he was checking in in the reception, this huge lady, Russian lady, huge lady's name is Ursula, I think, huge lady. When he was asking a question, she would always wink at him. And so he was getting a little, <laughs> a little shocked and he would tell us, oh, why is this girl also winking? We, we asked the locals and said, it's like, like saying, okay, like for Filipinos, when you raise your eyebrows, I mean... The foreigners don't know what it means. It means okay, right? Or when we were in India, when the people go like this, you don't know if it's a yes or a no. So <laughs> can you take us there? We don't know if he's saying yes or no. But there are certain things that can actually confuse us. Now going back to this guy, this guy believed in that story. But of course, the fact was, the pool of Bethesda is actually an intermittent spring. They discovered this in 1960, the archaeological finding. It's an intermittent spring, just like the hot springs. We have hot springs ring right here. Some also back home. And hot springs are known to be somewhat therapeutic. And so it gained a reputation. The pool of Bethesda gained a reputation that people go there to get healed. Now, this guy believed the story. And so when Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? What was he saying? What was he asking? He was trying to counter and engage him in that superstitious belief that his situation was totally hopeless. Because look at his answer. I'll read from the New Living Translation. He said, I can't, sir. And Jesus asked, do you want to get well? His answer is not, yes, I want to get well. His answer is, I can't. I can't. Why? Because I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else goes there ahead of me. I believe today Jesus is asking you in your particular situation. Think of the situations you are in right now. Maybe, I don't know if it's desperate or not, but Jesus is asking, do you want to? Do you want to, for this man, get well? Do you want to get out of your situation? Do you want to? 
have your relationship restored? Do you want to have your financial breakthrough? Do you want to get out of your debt? Do you want to get out of your situation? Maybe some of you, your answer is just like this man. It's not a yes or no. It's I can't because. I can't because. What is your excuse? This man's excuse was he had no one who would help him. Of course, everyone there was there for their own miracle, was there for their own healing, was there to get their own breakthrough, right? So why would I help you get ahead of me? Everyone in that pool, that was his excuse coming from that belief system. So for you today, what is that excuse why Jesus won't intervene? Why God won't pull through? Why you cannot, why you cannot answer God with a yes, just like this man? I can't because of what? I can't get healed because of what? I can't get out of this. I can't get my relationship restored because of. There are so many things, yes. But let me tell you, Jesus went beyond the excuses of this man. Jesus went beyond. This man was trapped in his own superstitious belief because no one was there to help him. I believe Jesus is asking you the same thing. Do you want to get well? He's forcing you to look at your belief system and your excuse system. If you want to get your breakthrough just like this guy, you have to go beyond superstitious or wrong belief or misguided beliefs. You know, we have a person who came to church a couple of years ago. And we found out when we were ministering to her that when she was growing up, she was very, very sickly. Her dad actually abandoned their family when she was young. And so the mom ended up being trained to be a faith healer so that she could put a hex, put a hex on her husband. Sa Tagalog, para kulamin yung asawa niya, okay? So that's why she got trained. And so our friend, who was very sickly when she was small, her mom would let her be bathed in pig's blood, do some incantations and all of that. That was the mom's belief, and it was passed to her. And so growing up, up to the time that we were ministering to her, she still had a lot of migraine headaches and a lot of medication. So what happened was something weird was happening. During events like Victory Weekend, she would register for Victory Weekend. She would prepare. She would be set. But on the day of Victory Weekend, suddenly she would get this super migraine. She would get like, you know, she could not move. She would be immobilized. And she would need to go to the hospital the hospital would check her, do all kinds of checkup for two days. And then after two days, when the victory weekend was over, she would go out to the hospital and the doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. This would happen several times. And so we ministered to her. We found out about all this occultic involvement. And so when we ministered to her, Jesus stepped in and set her free and delivered her. There were some demonic manifestations. In fact, so much so that the husband was freaked out actually because the husband would support her would go with her but after that when we ministered to her the husband told me um, pastor I want to be serious about Christianity 
and be committed to Jesus Christ because of what I saw. Can you help pray for me because can you remove the memory of how my wife was so disfigured during that time? It's all these things. I mean, he was so shocked that Christianity is so real because of that. And you know what? After that moment, it was, she got better and better. But during our annual prayer and fasting, in the middle of that, God just told her, don't take any more medication. And again, we don't advise you, still go to the doctor, okay? But she told this to us after the fact. So during prayer and fasting, she did not take any medication. And then you know what? No more migraine. And even up to today, she does not have to take all the med She had a lot of medication for her headaches and all of these things. Never had to take another medication again. Come on. Jesus still intervenes, you know, and goes beyond our superstitious belief or wrong belief system. Just like this guy, just like our friend who was led into that. Amen? What else? Jesus went beyond this guy's clueless spiritual condition. Clueless spiritual condition. Now again, Jesus healed this man. And in verse 13, he did not know actually who healed him. So when he went to the temple, the Jewish authorities asked him, why are you carrying your mat? You know, this guy healed me. And then he asked, who healed you? And verse 13 says, now the man who had been healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Have you ever talked to someone that you didn't really know who, you were clueless about who that person was? You know, our daughter Nikki, they just went to Faith Academy, which is a school for American or missionaries, foreign missionaries and their children actually. And so we went there, we're new students, we're new parents, new students. Last year, this is our second year. Last year, during our first year, there was some sports, football, soccer that they were involved with, and they had to go to Alabang. It's like a suburb an hour and a half away from where we live. My wife and I were not there, so we asked, can you have a parent, a company, or supervise? There are several children riding our vehicle, but there's no adult supervision, so can we ask a parent? So one of the parents of the players went with them. They went there after the game. Going back, it was particular super traffic, so the cars were not moving. If you know Philippines traffic, it was bad. And so actually a radio was broken. And so my daughter, Nikki, started to sing. She began singing all the Disney songs. Started with High School Musical and then the Disney movies. And particularly when it got to Let It Go, she began to ask the parent, Mr. Taylor, who was British, typical British guy, very prim and proper, and she, uh, Mr. Taylor, why don't you join us? Why don't you sing? And when it comes to the chorus, you sing, let it go. And she was singing. All of them were singing in the car. And Mr. Taylor said, okay, okay. And then we went home. She was telling us this story. And then we asked her, who was that parent who was with you that you asked to sing? Oh, that was Mr. Taylor. And we got shocked because, do you know who Mr. Taylor was? No, that's the director of the school. The head of the school. And you ask him to sing and all of the thing. That's a little, I mean, of course, asking a school director to sing is nothing, right? If, if you don't know who you're talking to, you probably ask different things. This guy, the invalid, did not know who Jesus was. If he knew who Jesus was, he'd probably answer differently. He probably would ask different things and answer things or respond differently. 
but he did not know. Just like in John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman did not know who Jesus was. Remember, Jesus, when he was talking to the woman, Jesus answered her, If you only knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Listen, we have to know, you have to know who Jesus really is. And not some caricature or things that you thought, you think you know about Jesus. You have to go beyond just your natural or things that was given to you. Read the Bible. Know who the real Jesus is. Because this Jesus is so much different. I mean, this guy did not know, did not know who Jesus was. And he responded differently, right? Jesus was actually pointing to the true source of healing. Jesus was pointing, to, wait, wait, wait. Do you want to get well? It's not this pool that will get you well. You don't need to get in the pool to get well. He did not go to the pool to get well, right? But what did Jesus tell? He actually, Jesus actually told him to do three impossible things as an invalid. Three impossible things. He said, get up. Get up. What Jesus was saying, okay, you don't need someone to help you. Someone else. You need these this people or you don't need spool. You just need to go to me. You just need to transfer your faith on the pool, on the story, on the angel, on the people that will help you. You just need to transfer your faith from them to me. In fact, you don't need to work. I'm going to work. I'm the one working. I'm the one going to do the job. Not you, not anyone else. So I'm telling you this, get up. Someone who is an invalid, Jesus is telling to get up. Get up. And then not only that, Jesus says after get up, pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. Now what was Jesus' point? It was so that he would know there was no recourse for a relapse. Now okay, this is my fallback. Just in case, I will not get healed. And he said, walk. Walk. And immediately, he walked. At once, he was cured. Now listen. Jesus is in the business of doing miracles. Beyond our situation, God wants to encounter you. God wants to show up. And God wants to minister and give you your breakthrough. But we have to go beyond what we just know, you know, what we just read about things. But go to the Bible. Come to Jesus Christ and know Him for who He really is. As the God of the universe. Amen? Jesus went beyond superstition, went beyond this guy's clueless condition because he thought his condition, his need was just physical. But Jesus said, it's more than that, it's spiritual. Your need is more than just physical, it's spiritual. But afterwards, the third thing that Jesus had to go through was this guy's beyond religious tradition. Verse 9 says, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. There's a lot of rules about Sabbath that was incorporated by the Jewish rabbis. This is one of the 39 things added by the Jewish rabbis about things that you cannot do during the Sabbath day. I mean, we, when we went to Israel, it was like that. It was totally different in Jerusalem and in Tel Aviv. When we were in Tel Aviv, I mean, 
It's like a party. It's like they say it's like the Sodom and Gomorrah. Anything can go. But in Jerusalem, it was still like this. But Jesus was not really violating the spirit because they did not do the spirit of the sabbatical law. Jesus was actually pointing that he was the Lord of the Sabbath. John 5.17 says this, but Jesus, this is his answer to the question when he was questioned by the guy. My father is working until now, and I am working. Let me tell you this. Whatever your situation is, Jesus is not on a sabbatical. That's why you have not yet gotten your miracle or your answered prayer or your breakthrough. Jesus is until now working. The Father is working. Jesus is working in your behalf right now, even today. Not only during this time, but even today. This is His declaration of His divinity, that He is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us so that we can enter in to a divine fellowship with God. And Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Let me tell you, if Jesus intended to reveal himself just as a healer, he would have healed everyone. But he intended to reveal his divinity. That's why he healed this guy during the Sabbath. And when he healed this guy during the Sabbath, he actually asked for a fourth impossible thing. In verse 14, See, you are well again. Stop sinning. Or something else, something worse may happen. Stop sinning. It's something impossible that only Jesus could do. Because when Adam, Adam had that capacity. It's a moral power not to sin before the fall. He was given the ability to sin and the ability not to sin. But during the fall, that ability not to sin was removed. So we don't have a moral power not to sin. We are slaves to sin. On our own, we would sin. As Augustine said, it's non pose, non pecare. The ability not to sin was removed. But through Jesus Christ, when we are born again, by the Spirit of God, He empowers us, gives us that moral power not to sin. That's why we have a choice right now to sin or not to sin. In our glorified bodies in resurrection, we will be unable to sin. That's a different topic. But Jesus gives this impossible thing, showing His divinity. Because only Jesus can do this. Because the purpose of this sign, as I wrap up, the purpose of this sign, what is the purpose behind this miracle? What is the bigger picture? What is Jesus? What is something beyond the sign about healing the Sabbath? Jesus goes beyond the invalid's infirmity so that he could reveal his divinity. And I believe today God wants to reveal that. God wants to go beyond you know, whatever false beliefs or superstitious things or religious traditions or clueless spiritual condition we are in. God wants to go beyond the natural things so that we can experience the supernatural. God wants to go beyond the possible so that we can step into the impossible. God wants you to go beyond the temporal so that we can step into the eternal. That's what Jesus' divinity allows us to do. Go beyond what is humanly possible. You see, Jesus is still working today. 
Jesus is still at work. The Father is still at work. He wants to do something divine, a miracle today. He wants for you to get your financial breakthrough, get out of debt, get into your relationships restored, get your healing or whatever it is that you're asking. That, that situation that you are desperately crying out to God for, you need Jesus to step into the picture. You need Jesus to show up in your situation and not just rely on your own power. You need to see yourself as the invalid. We, all of us were the invalid. There's no one we can turn to to help us. But Jesus, because of his mercy, showed up. Not because this guy was anything special, but because Jesus wanted to show his mercy. And I believe today his grace and mercy is here. And let me end with this story before I pray. You know, one of our campus ministers in Victory Fort, his name is J.R., shared his testimony. He had a dream about his uncle of his wife who was seriously ill during that time. He had a dream that this uncle died and then when they came over and he prayed for him, he was raised from the dead. He shared the gospel and the, his uncle got saved. And so when he woke up, it was so vivid, he told his wife. And they were so excited, they were so in faith, they found out that the uncle was actually in the hospital during that time in a comatose condition. When they were there, they were so on fire, he began to pray, Lord, uh, you know, get up. You know, I mean, he would declare faith declarations and then he would pray, they would pray together. And after one hour, nothing happened. But they kept going on, persevering, praying. After two hours, nothing happened. And they became a little, actually the wife became so discouraged, she got offended. But he kept praying. He said, Lord, Lord, I thought this was from you. So he kept praying. After three hours, nothing. The attending physician was there, who was an atheist. And he was just observing and nodding his head, as in, what you're doing is crazy, nodding. After three hours, nothing happened. The doctor actually made a proclamation that uncle was dead. So they went home. And when they went home, they were so discouraged. And they were like, Lord, what was that dream? And what was this? What? I mean, their faith was a little injured during the time. But after an hour, the morgue called. And because the body was about to be embalmed, and the one who was going to embalm him suddenly got so shocked because the uncle woke up and asked for water. Can you give me water? I mean, can you imagine Walking Dead, part five, all right, this uncle suddenly rose into the dead. And so when the morgue called, uh, we don't know what to do, just come over because we, you know, we signed his death certificate. We don't know what to do anymore. Just go here. And so they went there. The uncle went back to the hospital in the ICU. And in the ICU, they were able to share the gospel just like in the dream. And when they shared the gospel, the uncle lived for one more week and then went on to be with God. Just they were able to share, able to do one-to-one -one and all of these things. But afterwards, while he was doing the memorial, the doctor who was nodding, remember, he showed up and he shared the gospel and prayed. And the seeds of the doctor, I mean, something happened as well. Let me tell you, there's nothing impossible. Jesus wants to go beyond the natural so that he would show that he is, this divinity shows us He's over every kind of sickness, every kind of situation. 
Nothing is hopeless. He wants to go even beyond your excuses. And so as I conclude, let me tell you, know who really Jesus is. Jesus is more powerful than any situation you will ever face. And he wants to show himself beyond that. Let's bow down and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for you're not who we think you are. And even as the Bible points out, Lord, there's so much more about who you are that we don't even know, even comprehend, or even experience. But what we do know is that you are a God who heals. You are a God who goes beyond even what we can think or imagine. You're a God who can go beyond, Lord God, our expectation, who can go beyond our problems, who can go beyond our situation, who can go beyond, Lord God, Father, our desperate times, our desperate situations. Lord, we ask for your grace and mercy. Bethesda. Lord, even though maybe some of us deserve what we're getting, maybe some of us don't deserve why we are in that situation, show them your grace and your mercy, just like you showed this guy. It was not anything special about this guy, but it, because it, it is because of your grace and mercy. So if you are in that desperate situation, maybe you have a, an excuse why you are there, why you think God will not answer. Your answer to God is, I can't, Lord. I can't, sir. I can't because dot, dot, dot. I believe the first step is to erase that. Erase that excuse. And just put your faith in who Jesus is and what He wants to do for you because He is still at work and He's still working right now. If you're in that situation, maybe it's a death, maybe it's a, about a health situation, maybe it's a financial situation or a relational situation that you feel it's hopeless. You feel, Lord, I don't know if this anything, anything, it's impossible with man, but it's possible with God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, whatever that is, whatever that is, the first thing you need to surrender is surrender your excuses and say, Lord, I repent for choosing to believe the wrong things. Lord, today, I choose to believe you. I choose to put my faith in you. And just like that man that you said to do something impossible, Lord, I pray that you would intervene. Lord Jesus, grant them grace and mercy even right now. Lord, I pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord God. You said in your word, bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord with all my soul and forget not your benefits. Who heals us from sicknesses. Who forgives us our sin, Lord God. Father, even right now, I pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for financial breakthroughs, that you would get them out of debt, Lord. Father, I pray for relational restoration in Jesus' name. Lord, whatever situation, Father, whether it's for the future, maybe dreams have been shattered. Lord, even right now, restore with the things the enemy has stolen, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are here. You are here right now, and you're showing yourself as strong and mighty as the God and the Lord, not only of the Sabbath, but Lord of all things on heaven and on earth. Release, Lord God, Father, your breakthrough on your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.